0: Jesus, then you may be seated. Appreciate the presence of the Lord. a wonderful service that's already, uh, we've already experienced. I'm so thankful for the waves of the Holy Ghost we've already experienced, but I believe he's not done. Amen? As as Bishop just said, I believe God's got something for us this morning. Uh, I'd like to echo a lot of the sentiments that's been mentioned about the run with fire. It was a wonderful event. It was great to be a part of. And I think it'd be appropriate for us to give a round of applause for uh, Sister Sheena and and Sister Tabby was very instrumental in in planning and so we're thankful for all the work that they put into this. A thank you. It was a great event. I love seeing our church out in the community and I think it was just a a wonderful event. So we're thankful for everyone that helped. Um, Also uh, Brother Wilkes told me this morning we've been praying for him that he hasn't had pain I think in a week. So praise the Lord said he went and mowed his yard, and he hasn't felt pain since. So praise the Lord. We're so thankful for that praise report. I'd like to give honor and uh, thank Pastor and Sister Shoshran for the opportunity, for their voice in my life, and the opportunity to come and speak. And of course, that extends to the whole family, Bishop and Sister JJ, and the whole family. So we're thankful for our leaders. Amen? Amen. Amen. I would like to... uh, open up the word of the Lord to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, I have a few verses. I'd like to read through this, uh, this story, a familiar story of, of Jesus coming and, and calling Peter uh, to be his apostle. It's a very familiar story, but I believe the Lord's got a word for us today. So Luke chapter 5 and verse 1 says, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. And saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. They were done for the day. Go ahead, next verse. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's. And he prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and he taught the people out of the ship. That would probably be a cool message. He's teaching out of the boat. In the, in the water. And verse 4 says, Now when he had left speaking, so when he finished his sermon, he said unto Simon, Launch into the deep and let down your nets for a drought. Next verse. And Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. I'd like to speak for just a few moments this morning about launching into the deep. Launching into the deep. Can you pray with me uh, one final time? Lord, we love you. We thank you so much, God, for your blessings. We thank you for your word, for the spirit that we already feel here this morning. God, I pray that you would anoint me, God, that you would help me to deliver this message that you have given for this people, God. We give you all glory and praise. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. A couple years ago, uh, my family took a vacation vacation And a part of this vacation, we always, you know, Sister Ann always has a lot of great ideas. And we decided to go on a dolphin cruise. Do you remember this, Sister Ann, a couple years ago? And we've done a few of these. And on the website, it was guaranteed we were going to see a dolphin. When we get to the line, big capital letters, dolphin sightings not guaranteed. So we didn't get to see a dolphin. But anyway, it was still a fun experience. And we get in this boat, and we're, uh, we're in it for a while. And you know, at this time, we just had Roman in Albany. And you guys know my children. You've been around the church long enough. They're very, they just sit still. They don't move around much. Very mild. Why are you laughing at that? <laughs> and so here we are on this boat. And um, we go to the top deck. And we're in, like, the the sound side for a while, this canal, and that part of the trip was fine. Uh, We were able to kind of move around. The boat wasn't rocking left or right too much. We were kind of steady. It was smooth. Everything was kind of, you know, it was fun. Of course, anyway, so we go for that. It was about 30 minutes, I think, until we get to the ocean. Have you ever been, like, on the ocean? Now, I've been on the ocean on, like, a big, like, cruise before, but on a little boat it would, I mean, did it not feel like we were going to fall over at any minute? I mean, we were turning right, we were turning left, we were were all over the place on that boat, and my perfectly well-behaved children. At one point, I don't know, my anxiety got the better of me, (laughs) and I just imagined, (laughs) I just thought, I can I can kind of still see the land far away, but I'm we're way out in the ocean with my two children. They don't have any life jackets on whatsoever. They can't swim and I, I my anxiety took over and Bree was holding on to Albany with dear life and I was holding on to Roman with dear life and it was a scary moment. When you're when you're out in the ocean, the waves rock you a lot. It can be unsteady. Right? It can be uncomfortable. And for me it was a you know, I was out there, and I'm like, okay, the land looks a lot better to me. That land looks a lot more familiar, that land looks a lot more comfortable. If if we toppled out and just fell on grass, we'd be fine. But when we're out in the deep of the ocean, now I'm a little uncomfortable. You see, it's it's hard sometimes to go deeper. It's a little more comfortable to stay where you are. Amen. Can anyone agree to that? That it's a little, it's it's easier, it's more comfortable just to say, you know what, God, I'm, I'm I'm comfortable right here in my seat. I'm comfortable right here where I'm at. I don't need to go any further. I mean, that, I've never been there before. That's unchartered territory. That's that's unchartered ground. I don't I don't know what's beyond there, and so it can be a challenge to step out of your comfort zone. And, and do and go a little deeper. And so here's what uh, Jesus was asking Peter now, or, or Simon at this time. And if you think of, of the story, it's a phenomenal story. Jesus is teaching and he's preaching, and the, the crowds were so hungry for a word that the crowds, the Bible says, began to press on him. And so Jesus is like, I'm running out of room here. I'm on the shore, and there's just ocean or sea behind me. I'm running out of room. And so he looks over and he sees, oh, there's a couple ships. They're done for the day because they, they go fishing at night. So they're done for the day. They're cleaning their nets. They're, they're tired. We find out later they haven't had any luck and they've been fishing all night long. And so Jesus decides, I'm going to inconvenience Simon just a little bit longer. And he asks him, just can you just go a little bit into the water? I want them to still be able to hear me. Just go a little bit into the water um, and I'm going to teach from your boat. And and Simon, we would assume at this point, this is not the first meeting of Simon Peter with Jesus. At one one point, he calls him master. So we believe that he was already a a follower of Jesus. And um, he goes in the boat and he teaches. And the Bible doesn't tell us what the message was, but he teaches for a little bit. And then when his message is done, he turns to Peter and says, I want you to go deeper with me. I want you to launch deeper with me. And he tells him why. He says, okay, and I want you to lay your, I want you to drop your nets, and you're going to catch a lot of fish. And it was it was Jesus' way of thanking him for letting him use the boat. And so he was, he's going, let's go a little bit further. Now, Simon Peter had every reason to say, Jesus, listen. I'm tired. Uh, we've been at this for a long time. He had every reason to say, no, I'm not going to do that. But he, he's, he does it. He agrees, and he goes, a little further, a little deeper. But I believe the Lord has a calling for us. Amen? I believe God has called us to go deeper into him. My iPad's making noises. Let me see if I can get that to be quiet. There we go. He's called us to go deeper in him. He's got a calling, a deep calling for all of us. Amen? If you have never received the gift of the Holy Ghost, I want you to know there there is a calling for you to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Every single one of us, we have that calling. How do I know that's for all of us? Well, again, very familiar scripture. We know Acts 2.38 says, Then Peter, there's Peter again. He says, Repent, be baptized, every one of you. It's not for just some. It's not just for a select group, but every one of us. He says, Uh, Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and ye shall, it's a promise, you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And the next verse, verse 39 says, For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So every one of us has a calling. He has called us To to that, He's called us to the Holy Ghost. He's called us to that new birth, to that salvation. Every single one of us. And if you've already experienced that, if you've already been filled with the Holy Ghost, you've already been baptized, you've already experienced that new birth, God still has a call for you to go deeper. He wants you to go deeper in relationship with Him. He wants you to go deeper in uh, communication with Him. Uh, 2 Peter 3.18 says, But grow in grace. You're not... Done when you receive the Holy Ghost. When you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, you're a a baby. You're just beginning. And then we continue and we grow. We grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory now and forever. Paul even taught, he used that same word that Peter did about, deep. He uses that same word in 1 Corinthians 2.10. He says, but God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yes, the deep things of God. I want to challenge us that God's got something deeper for this church. And all of us are at different places in our walk with God, and that's all right. If you've got to start at step one, start at step one. If you're at step 100, go to step 101. God's got something deeper. He's got something better for each and every single one of us. Amen. Amen. So we know we got this 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 calling, this calling to go deeper with God. But here's the thing we have to move to get to that. Right? He could have told Peter, hey Peter, we're already a little bit in the water. He was already a little bit in the water. He could have said, Jesus controls the wind and the seas. He controls the fish. He could have just brought the fish to Peter. But he doesn't say, hey, just drop your nets right here. You've done enough. Drop your nets right here. That's not what he says. He says, I want you to launch deeper. I want you to go deeper. And you know what? Jesus is right on that boat with him. I know it might be nervous. and You might be scared. And it might be uh, intimidating to go deeper. But I'm going to be right there in the boat with you, Peter. I want you to go deeper. And And so... That's our lesson to us is that we've got to be willing to launch. We've got to be willing to move. I've never seen someone launch sitting still. I've never seen someone sit still and then go, right? You've you got, you got to move. And so we have to be willing to step out of our comfort zone. We have to be willing to raise our hands. We have to be willing to step out into the aisles and pray. We've got to be willing to, you know, why, you can say, well, that's not really my personality. And, well, I don't really... That's not the way I respond. And you, and you can say that, but Jesus, the Bible tells us, the Bible says to, to worship with music, worship with singing. It tells us to worship with instruments. It says to worship with dance, to worship with I I can't explain it. I don't know why it works, but it just works. When you begin, and if it's just one single step, if all you can do is just raise your hand, but if you begin to move, If you begin to launch, all of a sudden the Holy Ghost responds to that. I think of the story of the prodigal son. The father was watching. And when the prodigal son, he didn't have to get all the way to the door of the house. When the prodigal son got on that property. When he started walking towards, what's the, what the Father do? The Father ran after him. And I believe that's what the Holy Ghost does. When you say, God, I'm going to launch into that calling. I'm going to launch into faith. I'm going, to be, I'm going to believe that you got something for me. And so I'm going to step out in faith. The Holy Ghost responds to that. Amen? I can remember as a young person sitting in, the, in these seats. And I can remember during worship service, the Lord drawing on me to come up to the altar and to worship and I, lord why can't i just stay in my seat i can worship right here and i felt the lord and finally i would cave and say all right lord and i'd step out in the aisle and i couldn't make it i didn't make it to the altar i stepped right out under the aisle right there and all of a sudden the holy ghost hit me and all of a sudden over there somebody else the holy ghost would hit them and the church would begin to erupt and move because i was obedient and i moved to the lord I move to the, the calling of the Lord. So we have to be willing to move. We have to be willing to step out. We have to be willing to launch out. Peter, like I said already, Peter had every reason to not do it. He could have said, Jesus, this is far enough. Jesus, I've done a lot for you already. I am really tired. We've been up all night we've we, we've been fishing all night. In fact, he does. He he makes sure he points that out. Okay, Jesus, I know you told me to go ahead and put the nets down, but I've done that many times. Does anyone ever felt like I'm just doing the same thing? I ever I feel like I, I, I've tried that before? I've prayed before. I, I've gone to church so many years. I've done all that, and Jesus is saying, if you could just go a little bit further, if you could, don't give up. Don't give up. It says, keep knocking. Keep seeking. Keep praying. God's going to give you your promise. Amen? God's going to give you your promise. And so we have this calling. How do we receive this calling? How do we launch out into this calling? Well, uh, we'll go back to verse 5. Luke 5, 5. Simon Peter shows us what he did. Simon answered, said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at Thy word, I will let down the net. So he first points out, we've already tried that, Jesus. We've been doing this. I'm tired. I need to go home and take a nap. But he says, even though I don't want to do this, even though it's not convenient for me to do this, even though all the reasons I have to not do this, at your word, I will be obedient. That's how we launch into our calling. That's how we obey. We have to be obedient to the word of God. And, and, and do At a certain point in your walk with God, you got to decide, I am sold out. I am sold out to whatever he wants from me, I will obey. Even if it's uncomfortable, even if I don't want to do it, it's not my personality, I'm going to launch out and I'm going to obey what the word of the Lord has told me to do, Amen. And that's what Peter does. He he's obedient. To be obedient like that, it's really about submission. Not it's not just you know you can't be you can't be obedient unless you're submitted, right? I can't say well um, I I'm not going to obey you. I know you told me to do whatever, um, but I just don't think that's really the right thing for me to do right now, I, you know, in my understanding. I don't think this is right for me, and, but I'm still submitted to you. doesn't work that way, right? We got to be submitted. We got to be submitted to the Word of God. We got to obey the Word of God. We got to know the Word of God. And, you know, submitting to God and submitting to the Bible, that sounds pretty easy, pretty cut and dry, but there's more. We got to be submitted to the men of God, the man of God in our lives we got to be submitted to the word that pastor comes and he, he delivers to us every Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday. we got to be submitted to the leaders that God has placed in our lives. Exodus 19.5, talking about obedience, he says, Now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed, and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is. Is mine. God's saying the whole earth is mine, but if you will obey my voice, if you will follow me and obey my voice, you'll be a peculiar, a precious treasure to me. Jesus said it like this, if you love me, John fourteen fifteen. if you love me, keep my commandments. It's hard to say you love someone if you don't listen to them. It's hard, it's hard to say, I love you, I just, I'm not going to do what you've asked me to do, I'm not going to listen to what you say, but I, but I love you. That's not love, right? If you love him, Jesus says, keep my commandments, obey me. Uh, Hebrews 13, 17 talks about obeying them that have rule over you, and submit yourselves. Submit yourselves means, even if I don't agree with the advice given, I'm going to be obedient, I'm going to be submissive. It's like going to the doctor and the doctor with all their medical knowledge and all their years of experience and they tell me you know you gotta do X, Y, and Z, and I say, Nah, I don't I don't agree with that. I don't think that's really what I need to do. Okay. Far be it for me to disagree with the doctor, with who's got the degrees and who's got the experience, who's got you know all the knowledge. You know, that's we have to be obedient. We have to be submitted to God or to the men of God. And it says, "For they watch over your souls, as they that must give account one day. They're going to give account for me. They're going to give account for what I do. And so I want them to do it with joy and not with grief. I want pastor to be like that. That's that's Nick. I, I am proud to say that that was a, a man of my church. I am proud, and I, I can account for what he's. I hope that's what he's able to say, and not be like, oh, that guy." I hope that's not what, it is. oh, grief, oh boy, yeah, Jesus, let's not talk about him, please. I hope that's not the case, but I want to be submitted. So if you want to launch into your calling, you've got to be obedient to your call. You've got to be obedient. That means doing things sometimes that you might not. It's not my personality. It's not what I want. This is not what I would choose, but I'm submitted. But I'm submitted to him. I'm submitted to those who um, are put over me. Children, uh, Ephesians 6.1 Obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. You can't obey God if you can't learn to obey people on earth, right? If you can't be submitted to your parents, if you can't be submitted to, uh, to godly counsel, then how are you going to be submitted to God? How are you going to be submitted to the Word of God? And so we must be obedient, and, and Peter does a great job and, and a great example of showing his obedience, uh, his submission, uh, uh, that he went and said, oh, "I'm gonna." nevertheless, not my will, but your will. Jesus said the same thing in the prayer when he was praying in the garden. We all know he didn't want to go to the cross. Who would? The, the human side of him said, oh, that's going to be painful. I don't want to go there. And he said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will. See, when at a certain point when you say, I'm coming, I'm going to launch out into my calling, at a certain point you say, I'm going to launch out into, into the church, into God, I'm, I'm going to take that step and I'm going to give my life to God, you've got to be submitted to him. You've got to say, God, now I'm going to obey you. Whatever you ask of me, God, I'm going to be obedient because I want your will in my life. I want your will uh, to take place in my life. And the, and the story continues. And so Jesus tells Peter, go launch deeper. And we're going to see the results of that. And, and Peter couldn't believe his eyes. Luke chapter 5, verses 6 and 7 says, And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net broke. So they, they put their nets in the water and they bring up so many fish. Now they have just fished all night long. They have fished all night long, and that's when that's when they're supposed to fish. That's when the fish are supposed to be biting. No fish came then. We just had so many people there that Jesus couldn't even stand on the, on the seashore. He had to get on a boat. So I think all that chatter, all that noise of his teeth, probably would have scared the fish away. There's no earthly reason why all that fish was there, but God performed a miracle. Jesus performed a miracle for them. And so it says the nets broke. And verse 7 says, and they beckoned to their partners, said, guys, come help us out, which were in the other ship, that they could help them. And they came and filled both the ships so they began to sink. They began; they had so many fish. you got to see this. He had so many fish that their nets began to break. Their capacity was not able to handle the blessings that Jesus is about to give them. Their boats were overloaded so much that they began to sink. If you will begin to say, God, I'm submitted to you. God, I'm going to launch out and by faith. I'm going to obey. I'm going to go wherever you tell me to go. You just sit back and watch as God begins to perform blessings upon blessings upon blessings in your life. He is so faithful. And we sang the song today, He's so faithful. If you will just trust him and say God I'm submitted to you I, I have an idea of what I want but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what you want and when you do that he'll bless you he will bless you and he'll bless you so much you can't even fathom You can't even, uh, you, in this case their nets started to break we better, you better start getting some bigger nets you better start getting some bigger boats because God's going to bless you does that mean everything's always great for Christians? no of course not we have a long list of prayer requests every Sunday we have needs. We have situations, of course, that are going to come up. But I'll tell you, his grace is sufficient. He will be with you in the boat. He will be with you in those times. There is nothing better, there is nothing better in this world than to live submitted to the call of God. Amen? God, he will bless you immensely. And, it, and a lot of times we think with blessings, we think of, you know, Finances, and we think of material things, but we're 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 so far beyond that. The blessings of God are so much greater than that. The Bible says, "We're we're moth and rust will destroy." That's not the blessings of God, although He will supply every need. In fact, I I put a verse there. I think it's uh, Philippians four nineteen. But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So all your needs will be met. All you, he will supply everything that you need. Romans 8.28 says, We know all things work together. He's able to work everything, even the bad stuff, even things that you wouldn't chose for your life. But he's able to turn it around for your good. But then he puts this qualifier for those called according to his purpose called. Right? We have to be answering that call. We have to move into that call just like just like Peter did. And then Luke 6:38 says, "Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over." You know what that means when he's scooping out his blessings? He's making sure he fits everything in that scoop. He's he's pushing it down. He's he's mashing it all the way down. And then he's putting a heaping scoop. It's like how I do my coffee in the morning. He's putting a heaping scoop on top of it. It's running all over. That's the blessings of living for God and being called according to his purpose. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings. He's so good. Bible says their nets began to break. They they had to call on nearby boats. They had to ask for help because they were sinking because of the weight. Psalms 23 5, familiar scripture. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. The capacity. Are you ready? Are you ready to receive the blessings of the Lord? Are you ready? He, He said, The cup runs over. You're going to have so many blessings. You're going to feel so full of joy. You're going to have the fruit of the Spirit. You're going to be so full. The Bible says that you have uh, life more abundantly. If you want to live for God, if you want to have that life more abundantly, it's as simple as I'm going to launch into my calling. I'm going to launch into my calling. I'm going to obey, and I'm going to do the will of the Lord. Uh, Ephesians 3.20 says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding, abundantly above all that we could ask or think again according to the power that worketh in us what's that power that's the holy ghost not according to me not according to my ability but according to his ability oh thank you can we just give the lord a a a, a hand clap of praise and begin to worship him god i thank you so much for your blessings there's nothing greater in this world than living for god and if I may, later in the scripture, we find out that the fish were symbolic of people. Right? Later in the scripture, we'll get to it. But he says, Peter, you're going to be fishers of men. I believe the Lord's going to bring a harvest. Amen? I believe we're going to have to get some bigger nets to, to hold all the souls that are coming into the church. Amen? Amen. I believe that. I believe God's going to send a harvest. And then the last part of this, we'll read the rest of the story. Luke chapter 5, 8 through 10 talks about being worthy, being worthy of that call. It's a great call. It's a privilege to be called uh, to live for the Lord. In Luke 5, verse 8, when Peter saw the blessing, when he realized that there is something different about Jesus, when he realized that this is the Messiah, look at his response. When when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, depart from me. For I am a sinful man, O Lord. Sometimes, and we see it in the Bible all the time, but when you first get in the presence of God, when you first realize and you see the holiness of God and you feel the presence of God all around you, you're suddenly brought to light how unworthy we are, how unclean we are, All, all of our filth and all of our sins, and we think, I don't. I don't belong here. I don't belong in this present. And that's what Peter's response was. Peter's response was leave me alone. Leave me alone. I I, I don't belong with, with you. I'm I'm not I'm not clean enough. I I I've, I've made mistakes. I I'm you need to just leave. And verse the next verse uh, says for he was astonished And all that were with them, all of them were the same way. They're like, we are in the presence of the king. We can't we can't do this. At the draw of the fishes which they had taken. And then the next verse, verse 10. And so was James and John and the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not. From henceforth thou shalt catch men. So that that first of all, I want to talk about that first response. That it's a normal recoil. When you're first coming in the presence of the Lord, if you're, if you're new here, if you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost and you first are coming in that presence, it is normal to feel, I, I'm not worthy for this. It is normal to feel, I, I've made too many mistakes. I, I am, in, in fact, Isaiah had a very similar thing when he was in the presence. He has the vision of the angels singing and they're singing, holy, holy, holy. And Isaiah says, he responds, woe is me for I am unclean. And my eyes have seen it is normal to feel that way. And if you're not careful, the enemy can try to take that feeling. It could take that feeling and say, You need to get out of that. You need, you need to get out of that church. You need to get out of that presence because you, you don't belong here. The enemy's like, Yeah, 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 you don't belong here. But that's a lie from the devil. We have a whole church that can tell you we all felt exactly the same way. We all have feelings like that because the truth is, we're not worthy. He's worthy. And watch how Jesus responds. He says, fear not. Okay, fear not. Take away, uh, go back to that uh, last verse, please. Thank you. He says, fear not. I know you're worried. I know you're, If it was me, if I was translating that, I'd be like, stop it. I think that's what Jesus' response was. Stop feeling, stop feeling pity on yourself. Stop it. And then watch what he does. He changes his identity. He changes who he is who he sees himself as. He says, "I'm not worthy, Jesus. You need to get away from me. You need to get away from me. I'm not holy enough for this. I, I'm not. I'm just a fisherman. I, this is not for me. I'm not a, a Pharisee. I have not read all the books. I have not been in all the teachings. You, you're looking for somebody else." And Jesus says, "Stop it. Fear not. I'm going to change you. See, when you come to God, yeah, we're unworthy." We are all unworthy. But he says, don't worry about that. I'm going to change your identity. I'm going to cover you with my blood. I'm going to cover you with my mercy. The Bible says that his mercies are new every morning. He's going to cover you. Yeah, that's normal. We're not worthy. But he says, I'm I'm going to buy you anyway. He says, I'm going to redeem you and call you mine anyway. He says, When he says, you're fishers of men, he's saying, you work for me now. You're mine. Isaiah 43, 1 says, But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee. Don't forget who formed you, who created you. Fear not. There it is again. Don't worry. I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name, and thou art Mine. When you launch into your calling, into the ministry or you launch into your calling, say, God, I'm going to live for you. Don't listen to the voice of the enemy that's going to tell you, get away from that. You're not worthy. When Jesus is saying, I bought you anyway. I bought you exactly the way you were. I want you. You're mine. Hallelujah. Just begin to worship him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, continuing with 1 Corinthians 6.20, he says, for ye were bought with a Christ, he paid for your soul. He paid for you. Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. The Bible tells us that his goodness leads us to repentance. It was, Peter, what was he doing? He was feeling that goodness drawing him to Jesus. And his reaction, I'm glad that he had that reaction because it's the same reaction I think a lot of us have. His reaction was, get away. I don't like that. And Jesus went the extra step and said, you're mine. He was feel, What he should have done, what we should do. When you feel that, when you feel that resistance and you feel, I'm not worthy, I don't belong there, I can't, be, I can't be like that. You need to come say, God, please forgive me. God, please wash me. I repent of my sins. I'm turning away. And God says, I have bought you with a price. I, I, you're mine. You're mine. Hallelujah. Thank you. Psalms 103 couple more verses and I'm, almost, I'm drawing to a close. Psalms 103 10 says, he hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. He's so good. He's not given us what we deserve. Amen. He has not given us what we deserve. Verse 11, for as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, as far as humanly possible, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Yes, we've all made mistakes. Yes, the Bible says none are good. But he says, I have washed you. I have wiped you clean. I, I, another verse says, I have thrown your sins into the sea of forgetfulness. You are called. And you can answer the call. Don't feel unworthy. He says you're worthy. I bought you. I purchased you. Don't tell me that my purchase was bad. I bought you. You're worthy. Amen. And I'm, I'm coming to a close. If musicians want to come and, and we can stand, I just have one more scripture. What does it mean to be called? What do we mean by that? You know, a lot of times we equate that to, to ministry. I've been called to preach. I've been called to worship lead, I've been called. But we all have a calling. We all have a calling, and I've already talked about, we all have a calling to the salvation. We all have a calling to go deeper in the Lord. The Bible says, many are called, but few are chosen. You know the difference between chosen and called? The chosen answered the call. That's it, that's the difference. If you wanna be chosen, you gotta answer the call. And if you look at Luke five, verse 11, the end of the story, and when they had brought their ships to the land, they just had a conversion in the ocean. They brought it to the land. They forsook all and followed him. You mean to tell me they left their boats that were sinking, the greatest haul they've probably ever taken in, the greatest amount of fish? they could have, if, if I was Simon Peter, I think that scripture would say they went to the marketplace first, and then they followed him. No, they said, we'll leave that for someone else. You know why? Because we have something that's far greater than this world, than any material thing that money could ever buy. We have the Messiah. We have Jesus. It says they forsook all and followed him. How you answer the call, you follow him. That's how you answer the call. You say, Jesus, I'm gonna follow you. But that's scary, I don't know what that means. It's like going out deep and into the ocean. Yeah, it is. I don't know what the future's gonna look like, I don't either, but I'm gonna follow him. I'm gonna follow him wherever he leads me, wherever he guides me, wherever he tells me. Jesus, I am sold out to you. Jesus, I'm gonna obey your word. Jesus, I'm gonna obey the men of God in my life, God. I'm gonna obey. I I, I want to know, God, tell me, what's my calling? What is it that you want from me? I've called you to follow me. Let the details work themselves out. Just follow him. Just follow Jesus. I believe there are people here today that need to answer the call of God on their life. There are people here today that need to launch out into the deep. There are people here that need the Holy Ghost. That need to be baptized. And they've been afraid to launch out. I'm inviting you now to come. I'm inviting you to come to launch out into the deep. It can be scary. It can be uncomfortable. But step out in faith and the Lord's going to bless you. If you, People are here today who need to launch into their calling. They need to go deeper in the word, deeper in the spirit. Launch out into your calling. These altars are open. Come.